So are you all ready to get started? Okay, let's just do it then. All right. Um, are we recording? That's not my job. I don't care. Hopefully we are, and I'm just going to go with it. I know. Maybe, maybe not. So I'm Alexi. My husband is the pastor here at High Point. We've been here about 12 years. We lived in Florida before that, and uh, Illinois before that, New York before that. That's where we're both from. So we've been around a bit. I'm a more of a Midwest transplant, though the New York is still in me. Um, it will never leave. That's right, yeah, go New York. Although I like the Packers, so I think, you know, yeah. All right, and I don't want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama. No, no, we're moving on. It's t it'll just make me too anxious to talk about it. So, um, <laughs> so I am, um, in the process, well, so first of all, um, I became a Christian when I was 18 and um, w grew up in kind of a nominal home that um, somewhat practiced Judaism, but also just was very moral and taught me how to be a good person, but there really wasn't the why. And so when I got to college, I was like really wondering, why should I bother being good? And that is when the Lord got a hold of my heart turns out that that was just the beginning of a lifelong process of me becoming who I am right now. Anxiety never was like something I realized I had, um, but it was, it was, there was a lot of like social anxiety. I was really shy. I did not like talking in front of people. I rarely, if ever, approached people and just introduced myself. You know, those little kids who were like, hi, my name is Jenny. What's your name? Will you be my friend? That was not me. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes me so nervous. So lots of people just came to me to be my friend. And I always thought that was weird. Like, why are people always introducing themselves to me? I don't understand. I would just rather be left alone. And anyway, so. Fast forward, um, I don't know, 20 something years, maybe 20 years. When we were here, we went to um, this personal mastery, like self-improvement seminar. And I don't go to those normally. I think they're kind of like, I don't know, kind of weird. But it actually was something that God used in a really powerful way for me. There was, we, they asked us to face our fear. And my fear was speaking in front of people. And I was like, I just knew, it, God made it so clear that it was an idol. Like, I was more afraid of speaking in front of people than I was of what God wanted me to do. And so I had to repent. And I said, okay, Lord, this is something that I see you needing to, you wanting to work out in me. I will accept every speaking engagement you give me. I promise. And I'm not kidding you, five just within the next two months came down. And I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? And that was kind of the beginning of me facing my anxiety, my social anxiety, my fear of, well, of man, right? Of what people think, of what might happen. Um, so then I did lots of ministry, lots of walking with people through their lives and through their stuff, and really just felt this desire to enrich some of these, um, these tools that I'd learned and this wisdom that the Lord had given me over the years. And so I'm currently going back to school to become a therapist so that I can um, 
reach people who are even more overwhelmed and need um, even more tools and need a space to heal at a, at a more intense or acute level. Believers, unbelievers, all those people in between. So um, that's what I'm doing right now. And this is really something I've always wanted to do. I love helping people. This is in me. I cannot ever get it out. I'm, I'm not tired of it. I never get tired of it. You're like, how do you like listen to people and tell them tell you all of their hard stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. I, it doesn't burden me. And that is a gift, I think, that God has given me. It is not me. It is him. So that is a little bit about me. I have four kids. We have four kids. And I chose to stay home with them for a period of time uh, because I wanted to be the primary face that they saw every day. Um, that was something that I just really felt very passionate about and Nick supported. And I married a pastor and he has a very odd schedule. Sometimes night meetings, sometimes day meetings, weekends, nights, right? And you just never know. And I wanted our kids to have consistency. And so um, I chose to forego a career early on. Um, and that's, that was the choice I don't regret. Though it was hard, it was a sacrifice. Because I am like a, I am a go-getter. I'm like, let me see product. Let me see my efforts proving that I did something today. And for those of you who have children, you know, this is not always the case, right? You're like, what did I do? The house is a disaster. It's like I undid everything. Um, so anyway, I, I, I did that for a while, and then I, um, I decided to homeschool. Um, partially because uh, one of my daughters had um, just challenges in school and learning kind of the more traditional classroom way. And so I was like, well, I'll try it and see how it goes. This is something I did not really want to do, though God kept like, you know how, when, I don't know if you know, this is how God talks to me. It's like, it's just like a, the same idea over and over popping into my head that I did not think because I know what I think and this was not it. It was just like homeschool, homeschool. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Sounds hard and it was hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But that it was worth it. Like I did what I did for my children and God used it and taught me and grew me and challenged me and that's what life is, right? When you decide to follow Jesus, you don't know what it's going to look like. But you say, okay, you trust, even though you don't understand. And I heard Adam say that in his session. Truth. I'm really waiting on those handouts right now. I'm like killing time a little bit. I'm trying to think what else I can tell you about. Oh, I have, um, so one of the ways that I deal with my own stress, because I am stressed often, is I have chickens. Um, they are delightful. I have technically four, though there might be five names if you asked me. And they just live in my backyard. I have them when I'm so insecure. And they are just, they are so de-stressing for me. I go out there and they just, you know, I'll run over to me like I'm amazing. And <laughs> they're like, they're like, burr, 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 burr. they make all these sweet sounds. And I'm like, this is great. And it's just like, I forget everything else. I'm there in the moment with these sweet little birds. They give me something for what I do for them, like pretty much daily. It's just delightful. Um, so that's something that I do to take care of myself. Another thing that I do is um, is exercise. Um, 
it's been challenging this last couple years because I am so busy with school and so I just take walks mostly. Sometimes I will literally just pound out 10 push-ups on my knees and be like, well, that was today and move on. But like, it's still something that's important to me and I do it even if it's not totally doing it completely. Um, I had to talk a little bit about anxiety. Um, there was a time period where in my adult life where I started having panic attacks. I was like, what is happening? I felt like I was gonna die. I literally felt like I was dying. I thought I had cancer. I thought I had MS. I thought I had some neuro, what a neuro, I don't know what that word is. Some kind of thing where like my limbs were gonna like go numb. Oh, it was the worst. And like they would come on when I was, I, well you never know with a panic attack, right? Like with anxiety attack, you kind of like, oh boy, I know this, here I, I can feel the rise, it's coming, it's coming. And then you are like, oh yep, I'm here, like I got the thing, I'm full blown panic, or full blown anxiety attack. Panic attack is just like out of the blue. All of a sudden, you're like, your throat closes, you can't breathe, your heart feels like it's exploding, you feel like your vision is like blurry. I was driving on the belt line. <laughs> and this happened more than once. And it was just so scary. I thought, I literally thought I was gonna die. Um, and that was for a couple months. And I just did not understand. I'm not generally an anxious person, I thought. <laughs> Although anxiety, I've learned, really hides itself and um, tricks us. So anyway, without getting too much into that, uh, the, the, the short story to that long story is that one of the t uh, times I was driving in the belt line and I was having a panic attack, I just shouted the name Jesus and thought, and that was my quick, like, oh, this is all I got, Lord. Jesus, because I know he's my ever-present help in time of trouble. And I just said, well, either I'm going to die or I'm not. And I'm just going to drive and I'm either dying or I'm not. And Jesus knows. So here we go. And that, it went away. And I, I didn't have any more panic attacks. So tuck that one in your back pocket. I have no explanation other than the Lord is good. Um, though I do have experience with them, and they are awful. Okay. So anyway, whenever the photocopies get here, they get here. We're going to move on. Sound good? All right. Great idea. If you, want, if you want blank paper, because what I have in the handout is a fill-in-the-blank kind of thing to help keep you moving along. If you don't care about that, don't worry about it. It's fine. You can ask me later, ask your neighbor or whatever when they get here. Okay. Oh, I'm the one who's doing this. did a very long intro. <laughs> okay. Okay, so take a minute. How would you finish the sentence for yourself? I worry or fear that blank. Take a minute. I worry or fear that blank. And write it down. Because I'm assuming you're here because you are anxious and have fears. <laughs> of course, don't we all? I worry or fear that blank. 
All right, now I want you to take about 25 seconds. I'll tell you when to stop, and I want you to reread that sentence. Yes, I'm asking you to think about what you fear or worry about. Go. All right, mm. now notice, what do you notice about your, your body right now? Do you notice anything different as you thought about the thing that you were worried about or fearing? All right, write that down. What do you notice in your body or in your, your emotions? What did you start to feel? What did you start to feel in your body and in just your awareness of the spectrum of emotions? Now, if you don't notice anything, that's okay. You didn't fail. Some of us are so wired ourselves to protect ourselves from those feelings that we just shut it off. So if you didn't feel anything, that's okay. Now, you've identified where you feel that. I'd like you to close your eyes if you are okay with that. And scan your body for where that tension is, where you felt that anxiety and worry. Head, neck, face, shoulders, back, stomach, legs, feet. And just take a slow inhale for three, sec three counts. And hold it for three, two, three, and exhale. Just nice and slow. Let's do that a few more times. Inhale for three. Hold, two, three. Exhale. Inhale. Hold, two, three. Exhale. Now just notice again in your body, you can open your eyes if you want, um, whether that area that you pinpointed changed, um, whether you your mind calmed down or whether you actually even forgot about what that worry or fear was. That's something called square breathing or box breathing or you know it's a it's a, a, a way and it's a skill that you can use in the moment when you're feeling yourself get overwhelmed when you feel that anxiety rise up. I wanted to start with that because everybody is anxious. This is a human emotion. Turns out 18% of Americans have high anxiety to the point where it can affect their lives um, in a bad way. And so this is not an uncommon topic, though it is pretty anonymous. So, oh, that's not good. Okay, so the, the main points that I wanna cover are these. What is anxiety? What's its effect? on you or your people? How can you care for yourself when you're anxious? And how can you reach 
for God. Um, okay. So baseline human experience, I kind of touched on this. Jesus calls everyone who is weary and burdened, right? This is not just like a select few that you might be having a bad day. This is literally everyone. Anxiety is a universal thing. And I'm sure all of you are feeling like, yep, we know that. Um, those who are weary and burdened, those who are being choked out by the worries of this life, these are all things that produce anxiety. The point is that don't feel like you're alone because you're not. Jesus knew it. He knew that everybody has anxiety. He knew everybody has worries and cares and troubles. He knew that there would be competing factors and competing issues that would cause us to have anxiety and our anxiety and worries to spike. But what I do want to make sure everybody understands, I am starting from a place where emotions are not good or bad. They just are. If we judge our emotions, then we cut them off and we don't feel them. And it turns out God has made us as whole persons to think and to feel, as well as spiritual beings with a soul. And when we don't acknowledge how we feel, we miss an opportunity to trace back why we feel the way we feel. And this has everything to do with how we can understand anxiety in ourselves. I was hoping that was the handouts. Okay. I bet they had to put more paper in the paper thing. Okay. Yeah, so, em so emotions give us information about what connects our thoughts and our feelings. So I'm acknowledging that. Remember, like, so it says in, um, in Ephesians that in our anger, don't sin. So being angry isn't wrong. It's not right either. It just, it's just an emotion. We f just feel it. And emotions can lead to an end that we need to repent of, or they can lead to an end where we do good. So our emotions can lead to an action of good or evil. Yay! I just got started because, you know... Okay, so different expressions of anxiety. Um, this is just, again, kind of framing the conversation a little bit. We have anxiety about a future threat. We have an anxiety about an event that, uh, that we experienced already that might happen again. We are anxious about the present, a perceived or actual danger. Think like, oh, somebody said there's a bear in the church and we need to hide. You know, that's a present threat, potentially. Or um, really even anxiety about how, how God views us. I know some people who experience that. That that's so. Those are some different expressions of how anxiety might look. I realize it could look seventy different ways. I'm sure each of you would say I experience anxiety this way, and it'll be a little different from the person sitting next to you. All right. So, what does anxiety feel like? My struggle is real with this today. Tech people, help me. Okay. What does anxiety feel like? So if you're comfortable sharing when we did that, look at your fear for 30 seconds, what are some of the, what are some of the symptoms or feelings that you had when that happened? I know for me, when I got up here, my heart was beating really fast. My armpits might be sweaty, right? Anybody else? Neck and shoulders? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You feel like that welling up of wanting to cry or like the nauseous butterfly flipping in your stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feet tingling. Yeah, that's a good one too. Everyone's okay. It's, it's the Lord like, <laughs> just going to really drive this point home, right? <laughs> There's no immediate threat or danger, everyone. Oh, it's funny. Okay, so just as a funny side story, I was giving a similar talk somewhere else about anxiety, and um, all of a sudden, the light bulbs exploded, like right over the people. <laughs> and it was sounded like, pow, pow, pow. yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. So I don't know if this is beginning to seem like a theme, like the Lord is like, I got a sense of humor. You guys are good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so circle on your sheet which symptoms you most identify with. Um, it's really important to be aware of what's going on in our body when we are having anxiety. Um, so we can identify it, so we can call it out. So we're like, oh, I know this feeling. My feet are tingling, or I'm not dying or going to have a neurodegenerative disease. I'm just anxious, or my stomach's upset, or my head is pounding. Or I'm so dizzy, what if I have a brain tumor? No, it's anxiety, okay? Especially if you're not always dizzy. If you're like only dizzy at certain times when with certain thoughts or certain people. It's important to just identify it within yourself, okay? I have a story, my 10-year-old, my she goes, Mommy, sometimes I get this feeling like I'm just gonna die. I was like, what? I didn't know, like sometimes, I, she never said anything. Like, what do you mean? Well, turn and I kind of like traced it back. I said, "Well, tell me next time you feel it right away, tell me." And then and so she did. And it turned out like I said, "What were you thinking about when you were when you had that feeling?" What? And she said that she was worried about what was going to happen at school, and you know that there were things about what happened with friends. And so easy enough, right, to call it out, and really scary when your kid's like, "I feel like I'm going to die." And I'm like, should I take her to the doctor? Like, should I like go to the ER right now for her? And I'm not saying this is true for everyone. Obviously, be mindful of the medical conditions and so on. But for her, it was just anxiety. Not just, but it was anxiety. And thankfully, I had the knowledge and the tools to say, okay. And we'll get to some more. I'll give you more later. But we did some 54321 and some star breathing. And she then made up her own, which is her, that's her way. She likes to <laughs> do a variation on the theme to make it hers. So anyway, um, that is, that, uh, that's the, feel the feeling I'm going to die. Okay, next. Okay, so fact or fiction. <laughs> I like this graphic. <laughs> it made me laugh. Because um, like I told you in the beginning, like I'm a shy introvert, like just very naturally. And I just thought shy introverts were the only ones who had anxiety. Turns out mostly everyone, anyone, ever in the history of the world. Um, okay, so fact or fiction, tell me. Some anxiety is good. Yeah, okay, good, yeah. All right, you're, you're, you're vibing with me. Yeah, some anxiety is good. We've got this fear, fight, fight, flight response. This is here to protect us and to keep us safe when we are in danger. So anxiety isn't always bad. In fact, you get some performance anxiety, like me walking up here or playing a sport 
or going up to give a, a talk or um, a report at work and you've got this anxiety kind of welling up in you, that's actually going to sharpen your senses and give you what you need to do your best. It's when anxiety gets to a point where you are crippled by it and you enable it. And we will get to that. And I'm going to tell you about it. So what's next? Oh, we're going to skip that because of time. Think of an example for yourself where anxiety helped you. Okay, factor factor fiction. Anxiety is not dangerous. Is anxiety dangerous? Hmm, mixed answers. Maybe, maybe not. It's not. No one has ever died from anxiety. They have. You feel like you're going to die. You feel like you're going to have a heart attack. I will validate that. And no one is, there's never a cause of death died from anxiety. It feels uncomfortable, but we need it to function. Okay? Anxiety is not going to last forever. Fact or not? Yeah, fact, it's not. Anxiety, it feels like it's going to last forever and it won't go away, but anxiety always goes on a curve. We always feel it coming, it peaks, and then it goes back down. You can count on that literally every time. All right, fact or fiction, anxiety is mostly anonymous. Or can we see it? I guess it depends. If the, person, if the person really knows you, they might be able to see your hands trembling, or they might be able to see the hives break out, or they might be able to see you kind of ringing or fidgeting with your hands. But for the most part, it's pretty anonymous. It looks like that, like somebody who just looks worried and shy, but inside, it feels like you're drowning. It's hard to tell. Nope. So this graph, the point of this graph is to help you understand that when we have anxiety, we feel that rise, everybody does. So say you are walking in to give your presentation at work and you are just, you can't hardly breathe. You feel like you're gonna have a panic attack. If you turn around and walk away and say, I'm sorry, I, I just all of a sudden feel really sick, I, I have to put it off till tomorrow, you're gonna feel better when you walk away. The anxiety will go away because you're avoiding the thing that is giving you anxiety. But the next time, whenever you reschedule to give that presentation, the next time, the anxiety is gonna be even higher. It's gonna, it's gonna be even more intense. And when we avoid our anxiety, we are just feeding it. We are reinforcing it. Now think about it. If you ran from a bear because you were being chased by one, and you literally saw it, you're like, your body's like, your brain remembers, oh, that bear was scary. I, well, that was a good thing I ran from that bear and, and lived to tell about it. But what happens when you go to the zoo and you see a bear behind, you know, the cage? Your body's going to be like, a bear, and you're going to feel anxious. You're going to have an anxious response. But are you really in danger? Well, no. The point is, is that you are gonna, your anxiety is going to remember what was dangerous or what you saw or found was dangerous, and then it's just going to keep telling you over and over and over, avoid, 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 this is danger, 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 when in actuality it's not. 
And that is why people are so crippled by it. Anxiety is a shapeshifter. So if somebody's like, I'm just feeling really anxious, good. Call it out. Label it. Usually what happens, though, is that anxiety distorts itself. It, it wants to hide because it wants to protect. That is the mechanism. That is the design that God intended. And remember, we are not, we are broken. We are not perfect. We are flawed. And the systems that we have, even down to how our brain responds to anxiety, is broken. So anxiety is a shapeshifter. Distortion. So anxiety distorts our perceptions of ourselves and of others. Have you ever had, you know, an anxious response or like you walk into a place and you're like, oh, I can't like hold all of this and move my stuff. Here we go. You walked in and you're like, oh, you know, people, I feel like everybody's looking at me or they're probably not going to like me or I'm such a total screw up or this is going to be awful or I might as well not even bother trying. Okay, all of those thoughts, anxiety, distorted anxiety, hiding in your thoughts to protect you from what it thinks is dangerous. Call it out. Comfort zone. So we all know the comfort zone. It's like the place where we feel safe. It's where we feel cozy. It's where we feel like we can totally relax. And there is no threat. But when we stay in our comfort zone, it actually becomes this protective mechanism creating this cocoon around us where nobody can touch us. So if we stay there, we are shutting off, we are isolating. Now, anxiety wants us to do that, to protect ourselves, and we need to resist it. We need to call it out. I feel like I'm staying in my comfort zone. I think I'm anxious about something. What's next? Control. Anxiety is a shapeshifter of, of control. Anxiety loves to control. Because you can imagine why, right? If you can predict what's going to happen, then you're not going to be anxious. And man, that is a good deal. Because being anxious, it feels terrible. If I can just control it. I don't know about you, but that resonates with me pretty strong. Or it's like distorted. I'm just organized. I just like to plan ahead. I just like to know, you know, I just like to make sure I cover all my bases. Okay, sure. You probably have anxiety. And I'm not saying like organization and preparing is not, is bad. But to the extreme, so that you can avoid feeling anxious and worried about something, call it out. <sighs> Control also looks like anger. So I can't, I can't control somebody, so I get angry to protect myself so that they'll do what I want so I can control them because I don't want to be uncertain. I don't want to be guessing what's going to happen. If they won't do what I say, then I need to get mad and tell them what to do so that they'll do what I say so I can control it. Get it? Avoidance, like, oh, that's, they, you know, they won't talk to me or they won't do what I say, so I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm just not even going to bother. Uh, anxiety. Think about, and, and avoidance is a big one. We want to avoid like going to that meeting in that high stress situation. We want to avoid that conversation that's confrontational. We want to avoid disciplining our child. We want to avoid that, um, that person at work who's stepping on our toes or has done something that violates our conscience. We just avoid it. We don't want to ruffle people's feathers. So we don't want to like cause any more problems. It's anxiety. Anxiety hates failure, which is why perfectionists have anxiety. We try to avoid failing because 
if we have it perfect, then we know how it's going to turn out. We're in control. So if you're a perfectionist, call it out. Got anxiety. So this was just a quick slide because anxiety is not something that people can just be like, oh, fine, I'll just won't be anxious. It's hard, especially when we feel stuck. We've, we're overcome by our emotions. So for those who have anxious people you love in your life, maybe don't say quit being dramatic. I've said that to my kid. I've actually said all of these to my children at different points in my life. And I was like, I saw this picture. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I need this slide. Okay, come on, it's easy. How many people have said that? Or had that said to you when you're like, I'm so scared to dive in the water? Pull yourself together. You're just being lazy. Stop just sitting there. Well, if somebody is struck with anxiety, they're going to be frozen, especially a child. They don't even know what to do with their emotions. Ooh, when are you going to grow up? You're 10 years old. You should know this by now. Well, you're crazy. Can't you just try harder? Oh, come on, toughen up. If somebody's having anxiety in that moment and they're like, and you can see like the big eyes, like they're afraid or like their hands are trembling or like they're kind of closed off and like don't want to let you in, maybe don't say these to them because it's not going to help. It's only going to make it, make it, make them feel ashamed of, of what they're going through. Okay, this is the good part. So feel the fear and face the fear. I cannot say this enough. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Also, I've been working with people who are um, so inhibited by anxiety that they can't work. And I've been doing this since, or go to school, because I've worked with adolescents too, since the fall, so last fall. So I've really learned a lot. And, um, and so one of the things that we do on a regular daily basis is say to them, okay, notice what you're feeling, and then face it. Maybe not all at once. Maybe you break it down in little bits and little increments, but you gotta face it. Anxiety likes to hide. You gotta call it out. You gotta thought challenge. You gotta do the opposite of what you feel like doing. Don't, don't cover it up with platitudes. Platitudes are avoidance. So are distractions. Calling it out too. Am I fearing, like I said in the beginning, am I fearing more and worrying more than I trust that God is in control? I can't serve two masters. Seek reassurance. What does the word say? What do your people say about anxiety? Seek somebody out. Call it perfectionism. See the Lord in your anxiety. Meditate. Um, and be patient because it takes time. So we're going to break those down quick. So calling it out. So when you say it out loud, you say, oh, I'm feeling so worried right now. I'm so anxious right now. It actually diffuses it and takes some of that power away. Psalm 27.3 says, and this is David calling it out, though an army besiege me, I'm at war, I'm fighting, they're attacking me, oh my God, help me, my heart won't fear. Though war is breaking out against me, even then I'll be confident. So he's calling out what's happening around him and it's making him anxious and also what is true. Opposite action, do the opposite of what you feel like doing. If you feel like staying home and isolating because you're too nervous to go hang out with friends, do it anyway, even if it's just for 20 minutes. Break it down. If you don't want to go talk to that person over there, even though you know that maybe the Lord is prompting you to, just do it anyway. It's going to feel awkward, and that will challenge your anxiety. 
again, no platitudes or distractions. Don't just like, you know, dismiss it away and minimize it. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, I shouldn't really be anxious about this. And like, kind of do that self-talk to yourself to like think you're talking yourself off the ledge, but you're actually just uh, reinforcing the anxiety by minimizing it and by cutting it down. Don't do that. You're just going to strengthen it. Um, and then, and then the, the passage from Matthew, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money, possessions, fame, status, or really whatever we value more than the Lord. And sometimes we value our safety and our protection more than him. And so we got to challenge it. We've got to call it out. Seeking reassurance. I love this. Psalm, well, Isaiah 35 says, Say to those who have fearful hearts, this is the reassurance part, be strong, don't fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. He will come to save you. In the evening, in the morning, in the noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. This reassurance that, like, everything is going to, uh, everything is in God's hands. Everything is, is already taken care of. Um, in our anxiety, in our fear, I think we sometimes forget that God is there, that he's present with us, that he's near. <coughs> Calling out your perfectionism. And also give yourself grace. If you're like, I am trying to perfect this, and it actually doesn't need to be perfect, I'm probably feeling anxious about wanting to control this, and so I need to just like move on and let it go and let it be imperfect and challenge my anxiety. Seeing the Lord in your anxiety, allowing his presence to be your comfort. Meditating on a thought that comforts you. This one comforts me. God is stronger than my fear. God is stronger than my worry. God is stronger than my anxiety. He made it. And be patient, right? It takes time to form these new pathways, these new habits, these new responses. Okay, so I think this is really important when it comes to facing our anxiety. So I really want to make sure I, I, I get all of your attention. When we have that anxious response, whether it's a panic attack or anxiety or whether we're sweating or our heart is beating fast, we've got these body symptoms that feel overwhelming and that's literally all we can think about, we've got to calm and quiet ourselves first. Psalm 131 says, My heart's not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful me, but I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I'm content. Both now and forevermore, put your hope in the Lord. I think when we have like those body feelings, all we want to do is just like curl up in a ball and hide. And so I'm going to give you some skills and some things to like try for yourselves to see what works so that you can calm yourself. For some, it really is just saying the name of Jesus. For others, it is doing that square breathing or taking time just to, to go talk to somebody who you know cares about you and can just sit with you as you feel that anxiety. Other times, it might, there might be some other things that we can do. So that is what I think. First, think I need to calm myself because it says in Philippians, I think I have, oh yeah. So it says in Philippians, before it says, do not be anxious, it says the Lord is near. So remember, the Lord is there. He's always there. No matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, he's there. And then it says, don't be anxious, but pray and petition. And what I'm saying is, that's true, and it's hard to do when you're feeling anxious. 
And so calm yourself first. Take a few breaths. Reset yourself. Care for yourself so that you can pray and that you can petition, so that you have the, the, the words to say. Although sometimes there's just groanings, right? Sometimes just like, uh, I can't. That uh, maybe just be me. I don't know. All right, so I need a time check. Where's Abigail? Nice. Oh, that's good. Okay, great. Let's see. Okay, so skills to challenge your anxious symptoms. I, since we've got five more minutes before questions um, or so, Let's just run through that. In your handout are all the skills. I love skills. Okay, let's find it in your handout. So let's just kind of go through them. But on your sheet, I ask you to, if you've ever tried any of these, just circle the ones that you've helped overcome, have, have worked for you to help overcome your fear. Put a star next to the ones you want to try. Just look through that really quick. So we've got respiratory control, which is the square breathing, which is box breathing, which is these slow, deep inhales. Star breathing, which it literally is the same thing, but you just use a star instead. And you, and with children, you can actually have them trace with their finger on the star or like make a star in their own mind. And as they trace, they breathe in, hold, breathe out, and they just kind of go through, and it really helps them to just kind of like be in the moment, calm themselves down, and reset. This works even for kids who are anxious, but maybe who are mad or who are just frustrated easily. Star breathing is good. And then there's five, four, three, two, one. It's using your five senses. It's being mindful in the moment, looking around at your surroundings. And then uh, Christian meditation. And what I've done is I've put... The name of, I guess, the YouTube channel, and then what it is. So um, you could put in, like, Quiet Your Mind, Guided Christian Meditation, and this will take you just through a thoughtful, um, reflective, guided, like, the person will just say, okay, now think about this. Now consider this. And it is focused on scripture. It is focused on what is true about God. And then there's other ones there, too. You can kind of kind of look through. Um, then there's this ancient prayer. Um, this is a practice by maybe more pe people who are, who are in the Orthodox tradition. But you can, it's a mantra or something that you say to kind of just, like, stop yourself to slow down. So Maranatha means come, Lord Jesus. So you can break that word down and just breathing that out. Or you can just say it in English. Come, Lord Jesus. And that is a great way to slow yourself down and to center yourself on what is good and true. And to calm yourself down. There's another one called the Jesus Prayer. This is a version of it. Some, the oldest version is Jesus Christ, friend of sinners, have mercy on me. This one is more of like Jesus Christ in a breath, son of the living God. Be with me always. Guide my way. And 
this is a, another kind of just like, just repeat that, memorize it, say the thing in the moment over and over when you're feeling that anxiety and it will bring you back so that you can begin to pray, you can petition, you can function, you can go play the thing or do the thing or whatever. And the, it works. Um, it turns out science actually proves what God has already done um, when it's good science. And this is one of the things. Um, it resets our parasympathetic nervous system so that our whole body system returns to rest or homeostasis. These breaths, these um, returning to like the conscious moment, all of that um, is explained through science. The last one is the progressive muscle relaxation script. Now, my son had surgery in like February, and so it was like looking at all the pre-op surgery stuff, and this was in there. They said, if your person is nervous about surgery, do PMR, do progressive muscle relaxation. Also, respiratory control was on that list from UW Hospital. And this progressive muscle relaxation kind of guides you through your whole body, tensing and relaxing, tensing and relaxing, relaxing each of your muscle groups so that you can be in touch with your body, you can release the tension wherever it is, and it like takes you through to slow you down so that you can be in the moment. Anxiety wants us to worry about the future, it wants us to protect, it wants us to be distracted about what could happen or might happen. All of these skills help keep us grounded where we are or get us back to where we are in the present. So I'd like to try just a couple. The one for progressive muscle relaxation, I suggest you just read through that script, record it on your phone so that you have it and you can guide yourself and also enjoy it without reading it, <laughs> okay? Um, this is some, this is, think of like a YouTube channel. I mean, maybe you'll get famous for it. I don't know, post it. Maybe people will love it. But that's something you can have with you on your phone. You could also do the Jesus prayer. So we're not gonna do that one because it's kind of long even though it's awesome. I actually used it last night to fall asleep because I was like, just like hyped up from yesterday. Let's do the five, four, three, two, one. It's a super good one. I was talking to a mom and she's like, yeah, I read this thing and she has a preschool. She goes, I read this thing that like if this kid is just being violent maniac, think two year old, and like you need a minute, you're supposed to just like look away and just see something like, oh look, a lamp, and then go back and talk to this violent two year old. And she's like, yeah, I don't know why, but it works for me when I do it. And I was like, oh, you know the things. Um, so this is like an, an example, a shortcut example of five or three, two, one. Okay, everybody, do this with me. We'll all do it together. Obviously, don't say it out loud. Say it in your brain, otherwise it'll be chaos. So the five, four, three, two, one is just going through our five senses. So the first thing, name five things you can see. Just look around you. Name it in your brain. Now, name four things you can touch. I mean, you can touch your coat or whatever. You're thinking in your mind, four things I can touch. Three things that you can hear. You might have to close your eyes for that. And two things that you can smell. A lot of times it's coffee I drank earlier or my shampoo. 
or the person next to me. And one thing that you can taste. Toothpaste, breakfast, sausage. And this is something that you can just do in the moment. Just, it's in your back pocket. Um, think five, four, three, two, one. It's, it, and I, and I do this in my own anxiety and it, it really works. It feels weird, you feel kind of like a child as you're doing it, but um, it really, really works. Um, another one that, let's see. No, I think we're gonna be done. How about that? We'll open it up to questions, because uh, I would want to try the p progressive muscle relaxation, and then you all would fall asleep. That's <laughs> probably not what we want to do. Okay. So that, obviously, I, oh, well, I don't know what to do. This is the, oh, okay, that works. So that, that is the information that I thought would be most helpful to you to um, just kind of begin picking apart anxiety in your life. And I think, hopefully, I've said some things that have spurred on questions. Now I realize that maybe many of you are feeling anxious about asking a question out loud. <laughs>